it isn't you again. Welcome back to Press YYZ episode 29. You can follow us on Twitter at Press YYZ, where you can see when we're going live and when we're doing all the updates to stuff. Uh, my name is Alexander Ballant, and I'm joined by Mr. Mitch George. Halo combat delayed. Good one. AJ Fraser. Oh, I'm so sad. And finally, the one who, you know, keeps us all together, Mr. Alexander Kazina. I mean, I was going to say, you know, the good thing about video game delays is that there's always the halo over them. That one's a little, that was a little forced. I'm not going to lie. So would I, would you believe me if I told you that I actually thought of that before the show and didn't just think it on the spot? Um, I'm going to pretend to believe that you did just come up with it on the spot and that's why it's excusable. So with that we we've kind of touched on it a little bit but this episode we're going to be talking about our thoughts on the avengers beta some major xbox news with halo infinite and the series x launching and for our topic of the show we are going to be discussing video game delays in their entirety what that what are they all about who knows but for right now we're gonna mostly just get into what we've been playing and i want to start it off with the big elephant in the room the one that we've all been kind of playing. How's the Avengers? Halo beta, guys? Five. So Avengers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Avengers. It's um uh, s- surprisingly not terrible. I had a really good time playing it this weekend. I'm dying. Give me a second. Yeah, you go recover, <laughs> oh, no. and I'll talk more about Avengers. Because <laughs> mm, you and you and I were able to play for a bit, and we were. It's, it's a lot of fun when you play with other people. I don't know how much of that translates to playing with randoms or playing on your own, because I almost exclusively played with friends, which makes almost Mm -hmm. any multiplayer experience better, but I had a blast. I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I think the biggest surprise for me with this game is how akin it feels to AAA action games like Spider-Man 2018 or God of War. I was expecting it to feel much more MMO-esque or much more like many of the kind of the raid encounters in games like... Uh, Destiny, for example, where you're just doing chip damage and ultimately what's important is not each individual shot or attack that you do, but like your overall strategy to bring whatever your opponent is, uh, their HP down to zero. But instead, I found an experience where each hit that you inflict upon your opponent feels impactful. One of my favorite characters from the beta was Miss Marvel. The way that her rubber-like punches uh, bounce off of opponents felt really, really good, as did Thor's Mjolnir hammer attacks and even some of Iron Man's repulsor beams. And I think right now that's the best thing I can say about this game is that it just feels genuinely good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the limited time you get to play with Thor and Cap in the San Francisco demo that we've seen for the last couple of years and digging into the nitty gritty of some of the characters in the multiplayer. God, it feels good to play some of these characters. And I mean, it's not a super deep experience. It is a little button mashy, but that's kind of what I want Mm. out of an Avengers game, to be honest, for me at least. And I know there's going to be people that knock that, but running around with Iron Man and switching between your repulsors and your lasers for some more AOE damage and switching back and using rockets. Man, Iron Man was such a blast to play, literally. I think in terms of the characters I played in the beta, I enjoyed him the most, followed by Black Widow, Miss Marvel, and Hulk. And my plan for this weekend, because the beta does carry over to the next two weekends, is to play more Hulk, because I really only played Hulk in the levels you have to play as him for the, the story content 
to open up the war table to do the multiplayer missions. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I can do more of that this weekend. So so I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance to, to play it because I didn't pre-order it because overarching philosophy you probably shouldn't pre-order games in general i heard i heard about like about the hulk is he's been nerfed a bit and you didn't get that much time to play with him but what do you um, mean by nerfed um so when you think of the hulk you think he's going to be able to just run through shit and knock people over but like people are very easily able to like dodge out of the way of his attacks and and all that sort of stuff and it's just like it did uh, apparently once again, I didn't, I didn't play it myself. Didn't feel like the Hulk should feel like he didn't. He didn't grab two cars and slam them onto his fists like uh, boxing gloves or anything like that. But like in uh, Hulk Ultimate Destruction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to take more time to play as him this weekend, like I said. Uh, and AJ, I hope that you do get a chance to jump into it this weekend. Now that the beta will be open to all PS4 players, but if not, we'll continue to tell you how m- much I'm enjoying it. At least. Let me let me tell you, the Hulk is powerful enough to destroy the frame rate of the game. That's for that's sure. Tr- that's that's true. one of the that's the biggest problem that I have with the beta as of right now. And this could potentially change with the full game. I don't really expect it to because this is such a late generation PS4 game that I feel like the performance is like it's just on the like cusp of what the PS4 is going to be capable of. I have a PS4 Pro and that and the thing is like Avengers has a performance mode and a like resolution mode and for the most part when you're playing as any of the other heroes when you're in performance mode it's a it's a very clean 60. The Hulk just brings that down and when you're playing with four people and then there's the particle effects of all the different heroes and everything it just really you there's times where it is chugging and you can genuinely count the frames it it's this will be a great game to play on the ps5 when it comes out i wish i could get this game on pc but i wanted to play spider-man uh i wanted to go back to something that you were mentioning earlier you know you were talking about how this game is like a little bit simpler than others of its ilk i talked a little bit about this uh when we were uh, playing it streaming it together i appreciate how professionally simple its story is thus far i think that you know in a world where it feels like every other big games as a service experience uh like the division 2 or destiny 2 is more of a puzzle than it is a narrative it's something to be deciphered and uncovered by reading a million data entries and lore entries and uh, assembling all these four-dimensional puzzles. This is a lot more straightforward, and normally I would be critical of that for being straightforward, but in this case, I appreciate that it is simple, and I'm looking, actually genuinely looking forward to seeing how it unfolds for that very reason. Yeah, the the story presentation, I mean, there literally is story presentation. We're in Destiny specifically, because that's the one I have the most experience with. It's kind of not there the story the story and the lore are told like on thing like on websites yeah grimoire cards that's what they're called yeah just like outside of the game so it it is a nice change of pace to have this style of game and actually have a plot and i think it helps that it is the avengers you know the avengers ip that kind of that kind of makes it a little bit easier to be able to follow along with what's going on um I am very interested to see where it goes. Like I'm already, especially like Miss Marvel specifically, her character being sort of the POV for both the player and like, like, and the, the introduction into the Avengers is I think a great choice. And she's just so charismatic. I really like her. She's my favorite personality wise, at least 
of the ones that we've seen so far. I mean, as far as I can tell, they are pulling out all of the stops when it comes to the story content in terms of the, the, they're, they're crafting an experience for people that don't want a multiplayer experience as well. As far as I can tell, like you'll get story out of this and they really have Mm -hmm. gathered the Avengers of video game acting, right? In the fact that they've got Troy Baker, Nolan North, Laura Bailey, they're, they're really putting the time and effort and i know a lot of people are going to say oh you know they're in they're in everything but i mean there's a reason they're in everything they're really really good at what they do so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to seeing the story content delivered on september 4th how many of the upcoming beta sessions do you guys think you're going to be playing ahead of its release because personally I, as much as i enjoyed the beta session this past weekend i don't see myself playing a lot more unless it's a thing where like you guys are like hey we need a fourth wingman and i'm like well, I'm just so happy to be available. I'll join in. Other than scenarios like that, I don't yeah. see myself playing that much more. I, yeah. I want to play this weekend because AJ hasn't played it and Loki Mike, friend of the show, hasn't played it and was going to probably jump into the beta this weekend. If either of them are playing and want company, then I will jump in as Hulk and get more time as Hulk to explore more of his skill tree because i feel like for the other three characters i use them enough and i explored majority of the skills available in the one skill tree that's available in the beta hulk is the one that i didn't really dig into and i feel like if i did that maybe i would enjoy the character a little more i think i'm on the same sort of boat as you cozy i've kind of gotten my fill i understand what the game is going to be how it plays I'm definitely getting it day one now because I, I now have sent the money to Mitch. You have. Uh, Thank you for sending that today. For Yeah, for the pre-order. So I'm uh, there's no turning back now. So I think at this point, because I think we went through every single mission that there is available in the beta. I, if complete, not, we're I, close. I completed every mission for sure. I don't know how much I did with you yeah. or without. But Yeah, yeah, it feels like I have. So it's like I've got a good understanding. I feel like I've played the characters enough that it's like I get a understanding of them and i know what they'll entail in the full game i don't really want to like get to the point where i'm like oh i feel like i've quote unquote i know and i know that there will be more expanded on in the full game but i don't want to feel like i've mastered one of these characters yet because there is still a full game experience waiting for me so i kind of wanted to just get a little taste of everyone and then wait until the full game which is probably what i'm gonna do maybe i might jump in this weekend if you know like like what mitch was saying if like there there's a group going that needs a fourth or whatever but it's not very high on my priority now so with that i think we've i think we hit most of the bases when it comes to avengers it's so good i can see aj's feeling a little left out so you've been playing halo 5 custom games how's that been going so like I mentioned previously on previous podcasts, you know, I'm a bit of a Halo 5 apologist. I don't hate it the way everybody turned on Halo 4 and 5 and stuff like that. I just got bored and was uh, decided I'll boot up Halo 5, uh, which I'm still, you know, playing through the, some of the campaign on just just for fun. Uh, uh, I booted it up and I decided... You know, I never really go into custom games, right? And so one of the the letdowns at launch, I remember, was specifically with the Forge mode. All of the assets that they let you build with looked like alpha, smooth, like no texture, basic assets for the most part. Um, and, but, you know, I, I'm guessing since then there's been a couple, you know, patches and updates where they've probably tweaked some stuff around. But um, there, the two custom games that I that I found when browsing it uh, actually stood out to me. Um, one was uh, called uh, Halo Crossy Road, 
Um, and basically, they, they set up this, this map where you, you spawn in at this beach and you have to try and cross traffic and jump over. It's basically, they, they call it Crossy Road because kids today don't know about Frogger. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you, you have to cross this road and try not to get hit by these actual car assets that are speeding by uh, super fast. And then a river and stuff like that, all while also trying to defend yourself from other players who were trying to kill you. And that was actually... It, 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 it took me back to like old like Halo 3 custom map days where, where that was like all the rage, where they, people would come up with the insane game types and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um but the other the other one that i played was actually like super kind of they put they put some time into this one where they called it um escape the death star and it's basically good interpretation of the scenes from uh uh, episode four uh a new hope you know like for example like on the death star they got the the control panel and all the doors and stuff uh, open up and then you have to get down into the trash compactor and you got to escape that and uh, things like that. But what they did with that is they, they made a infection game type. Okay. So, you know, the teams start off lopsided and uh, the majority of players are, are trying to escape the Death Star. But if they die, they get put onto the other team and then they have to try and stop the other uh people from escaping and when you're on on the other team the zombie team uh i got i actually got to play as uh there's two types of characters you can be and there there can only be one of a a second type of character but you know the first one is just you get you get a brute plasma rifle uh because the blasters are red Mm -hmm. obviously and then um and and it changes your your armor color to white so you look like a stormtrooper but then the other color uh the the other person another one other person their armor goes all black they walk really slow and they get a red energy sword you know you you have a lot of health and it's it, it's it's super fun and and messing around with halo custom games and stuff like that uh, just really made me nostalgic for the old halo three days and whatnot yeah halo halo custom games have always been like always hold a very near and dear place in my heart and it's nice to hear that Halo 5 still has the potential for it, even if... Yeah. Yeah, like, my thoughts about the game aside, it is still nice that that is that still exists in some form or another. Yeah. With that, I'm going to take over for a little bit because I've got a doozy of things that happened this last week. You moved. So, I did, and when you move, sometimes you have to go buy new furniture because you just don't have stuff. And so on Thursday, the day after we recorded the podcast, I'm like, I'm going to go to Ikea, and I need to get no. a bookshelf. That and place is confusing as it was the It was the one thing that I needed to feel like my room is complete because I have a bunch of boxes with all of my games, my movies, my books, some statues. Like I just, I wanted a place to put those things. So I went to Ikea and I got the bookshelf. I got a Billy as it's called there. And it's It's right behind me. Yeah. How how do you, how do you spell it? B I L L Y. It's, it's, it's Billy like the name. Yeah. Like, like the name Billy, like B I L L Y. You know, I I like Ikea a lot, but since COVID-19, they closed down the cafeteria there. Good, which mm-hmm. is really too bad. Yeah. What do you What do you mean good? The cafeteria was great. It was, but it's also a cesspool of bacteria. I, again, you're correct. It's good that they closed it down for COVID nineteen, but again, the cafeteria was it, great. 
Yeah, you can you can miss it, but you know it's it is still a good thing that it's it's gone for now at least. Hopefully one day it'll make its return. So with that, I I got my bookshelf and I'm like okay, and so I decided to also go to Costco and I'm like, all right, this is a little bit of a tangent, but we'll we'll get back on the main road soon. But when we went to went to Costco, I saw a very 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 good deal that I could not avoid. It is an LG 27-inch 144 hertz monitor, one millisecond delay with G-Sync for, I don't remember what the exact specifications of the monitor. I have the box over there in that that wardrobe, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I just, I saw it, and when I, when I read the price, I did like a triple take because the price that they were asking for was about, you know, $150 cheaper than Amazon, give or take. And so, with that, I bought it immediately. I got Mitch to buy it, and yeah, I got to, and I got, yeah, and I got a friend of the show, Loki Mike, to also buy it. So I, I did a lot of just a terrible, terrible influence yeah. on all of us. Uh, and I'm very close to going back and buying a a second one because hey, it you is too? it's real good. It as soon as I turned it on, because I've had a 144 hertz monitor for 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 as long as I've had my computer. It's for about four years now. As soon as I turned this one on, I was like, this is even better than the one I had before. Because like the color, specifically the color range is really nice. It looks immaculate. I've only played a few games on it so far, but it's just so great. So I will I will plead to anybody who has a Costco membership Go and see if you can find this monitor if you are looking for one because it is a genuine steal. Back to the IKEA bookshelf because this is the, that was a little bit of a tangent. So just a little. The yeah. So to to just say like the idea was I was just gonna go buy a bookshelf. I bought a bookshelf. I bought a monitor and I bought whiskey. The whiskey is gonna be important because <laughs> I, I I put together. I put together the uh, the bookshelf and I started putting all my stuff on it. It was really nice. I had like I have a, a uh, the Gears of War three collector's edition statue of Marcus Phoenix. I had my Johnny Silverhand, uh, my Destiny Ghost, all my games, my books. As I was putting the last few things on, the entire shelf collapsed on top of me because I was on like I was going to the bottom shelf and it just all came down on top of me. And really? yeah, it it sucked. It was not it does. great. Do you have Fa- neighbors below you? Uh, there are people who live in the basement. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I, they don't like you. I was going to say Fall Guy Fall Guys has invaded real life. Yeah, it um it sucked and f- I genuinely was kind of like freaking out for a minute, for a couple minutes cuz I was like I don't know what to-. it was it was the first time since having moved cuz I'm this is the first time I'm living on my own. Like and I genuinely felt like I was alone for the first time ever and it was not great and so what do you do when you feel like that you resort to drinking yes you do I was gonna (laughs) say that sounds like that scene in Spider-Man Homecoming where Spider-Man has a big cinder block on top of him and he's yelling out into the void for help Mm -hmm. yeah I basically felt like that but I didn't have I didn't get to the point well actually I did kind of come around to the point where I'm like no I got this I'm uh you got this Spider-Man because like I uh went on a bit of a drunken tirade (laughs) on Twitter and on Discord and on Instagram I was crying to Red Dead Redemption (laughs) I was crying to Red Dead Redemption music um I I was like at 
because I came to the conclusion from about 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., I have unbelievable self-confidence, and so I'm like, I'm fucking awesome. And so it was, it was a, it was a whole like adventure that I went on. But one thing that I need to highlight is I also, I wanted to play a video game, but I didn't want to sit at my desk. So I actually turned on Animal Crossing for the first time in many months. Oh, and man. the only thing I remember about it, and I made a tweet about it, <laughs> is that if you haven't played the game for months, there are bugs in your house, but you're not allowed to use the net in your house. So the only way to get rid of the bugs is you have to step on them. And a little ghost oh. comes out of the bugs, too. It. I was cackling at that. It was the funniest thing I had ever seen. Oh. Just like, what the fuck? Hold on. Is this actually something that happens oh, what in is? Uh, this f- freaking animal game? Yeah, it Apparently. wasn't just him being drunk. It actually happens. Yeah, if, if, you don't, if you don't play for months, there are just bugs in your house. So I have a similar quarantine-related IKEA story of... It was during that period where I was here alone because Carmen was off working with her parents or whatever. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. We need to interrupt this. Did I just get Rickrolled? You, Alex, you just went on a super long tangent about living by yourself and the anxiety Mm -hmm. that you feel from that and coping with it. And it all culminated in you talking about Animal Crossing again. (laughs) That was... (laughs) Nathan will be so proud. Yeah, uh, that was that was unintentional. I mean, the Animal Crossing did happen, but I didn't mean it to end on that, I guess. But I mean, yeah, I got really I got really sad that my bookshelf collapsed. And if for those watching live on, on Twitch, that's the remnants of it. I'm going to try putting it together again when I have a little when I got a little bit of courage. Um, the other thing you can yeah. do, you can, you can contact IKEA support and they'll just send you new stuff if you broke anything. Because that happened to me during the quarantine. I was trying to put yeah. together a dresser alone and I tried to stand it up and it didn't stand and it fell on one side. And that whole long side piece of the IKEA mm-hmm. thing like shattered into a million pieces. It was like, yeah, well, this I don't one know piece if it's... is busted. I need a new one. And they just they sent it over. It took a while, but they yeah. sent it over. It's not broken enough yet for me to want to have to talk to IKEA support. So I'm going to try it again and if it if it collapses for a second time then I will, you know, I will return it. I mean, they do have text chat. You don't have to actually physically oh. talk to a person, which is nice. Hmm, okay. Well, then maybe I might consider it. All right. But yeah, so that's kind of that was that was my uh, that was my weekend for the most part. Um, to to I guess I'll quickly wrap up the final things that I've been doing because this I can get through very quickly. I got my VR set up and I started playing a new game called Pistol Whip, and holy shit, this is such a genuine fun experience. So the the main idea of the game is you are perpetually moving forward. You have no control of you moving forward, but enemies like silhouette enemies will come out and you have a pistol and you just have to shoot them on the beat of the music it is like beat saber but you are john wick it is fucking awesome it is genuinely some like some of the most unadulterated fun like i feel like a badass while playing it i know i absolutely don't look like one but it is so much fun so i think it just came to psvr this year as well so if you have a psvr or if you have any any uh, like Windows uh, VR, whether it be Vive, uh, Vive, Oculus, or uh, the Index, please get Pistol Whip because I think it's more fun than Beat Saber. The only problem is there's no custom songs in it. 
That's the only thing. Oh. That's the only thing Beat Saber has over it. I mean, that's not holding me back because Beat Saber on PSVR doesn't have custom songs anyway. Oh, okay. That that just it got me thinking re- really quick. Um, do you, what was the? There was a game on Steam. I don't want to open Steam right now while I got while we're doing the podcast. Um, a, a music based game that loaded your own tracks. Um, oh. Uh, I think it also starts with an A. It does. Uh, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it's audio something. I've I've had uh, it in my audi- I've had it in my Steam wish list for years at this point. Uh, uh what whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. I feel like something like a, a game like Beat Saber or even Pistol Whip or uh you know any other kind of rhythm game really needs to like team up with Spotify to like kind of integrate into like like all those all those songs into a, a, a game like that where that's got to you know, be a licensing nightmare though but but if you think that. if you think about it like all it's doing is reading file data right and if if you can download tracks off spotify and just put them in this game right you could it would have to be something like you have to link your Spotify account or something. Yeah, the, yeah. The, if you link your Spotify, then they could claim. Yeah, then it's, they could complain. That yeah, there's 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 licensing nightmare. That sounds like. But what's not a licensing nightmare is the game Kingdom Hearts. Wow, I'm amazed that you actually queued me up to talk about this one. I, I thought you were just gonna gloss over it. Also, Kingdom Hearts is a licensing nightmare. Yeah, the thing is, that like, is out true. of the rest of the, out of the rest of the stuff that's on here, I'm like, that works kind of with my segue. So, cozy, you've been playing Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. What the fuck is that, and why sh- should anyone want to play that? All right. So, uh, a couple of years ago, they released a Kingdom Hearts game on mobile called Kingdom Hearts Union X, or alternatively pronounced Union Key. It's a whole big thing. Anyways, I'm just going to call it Union X. Uh, It was a gotcha RPG that sucked me in for many a year, and eventually I just divorced myself when I realized that uh, the gotcha was controlling myself a little bit too strongly. Um, About a few months ago, they announced that they were going to be releasing an expansion to Union X called Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, and that it was going to be basically focusing on the backstory of Xehanort, which is sort of like the main antagonist of the series, going over his early days as a young Keyblade wielder, and all the adventures that he went on with his young boy band friends. Uh, so I recently re-downloaded Kingdom Hearts X to check out Dark Road, and... I gotta be honest, I'm surprised by how much I'm enjoying it thus far. Uh, what makes this game great is that there's a lot of automatic functionalities that allow you to basically enjoy the game passively while you do something else. Uh, there's like an auto battle functionality that basically allows you to go into battle against Heartless, which are the series' traditional enemies, and just kind of go through uh, and fight them until you lose HP, and then it brings you back to the title screen. Uh, There's also a functionality that automatically earns you experience points over time uh, that, of course, you can then uh, level up your character with. It's uh, it's been a great game for me to kind of like have on the background while I work on something more important, like a new gamer script, for example. And while its story is a little bit all over the place, as is typical of the Kingdom Hearts series, I'm still looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Mitch, did you have a question? No, I'm just waiting for Alex to say something snarky about the fact that Kingdom Hearts is a thing. I don't need to Alex? say anything. You you, you kind of summed up the feel. I mean, just your explanation. I'm just like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I have a question. Um, what you yeah. described there, is it almost like a like a clicker in a way? I mean, it's not even like that simple, but I mean, it yeah. is a similar sort of vibe of like just sort of uh, set it and leave it be and set just it, sort let of, it go. Yeah, exactly. How, how integral is this game to the Kingdom Hearts lore and story? Like, do you need to play this game to understand what's going if on? If you want to know about Xehanort. Well, so, like, it's funny. Uh, somebody who I. Uh, trust a lot on Twitter. Actually, the reason why I even got into this game, I was going to ignore this game. The reason why I got into it is somebody who I trust a lot on Twitter posted like, oh man, the second story update for this game is actually really intriguing. So I've been going through with it. I finished the first uh, story segment of the game, so I actually have not started the story update that uh, convinced me to get into this. But I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued. I I've enjoyed some of the Kingdom Hearts series twists and turns in the past, and I'm interested to see what this one yields. Uh, so finally, I, well, not finally, but some, another thing that we've all been playing is Fall Guys. Mitch, you're yeah. saying that it's game of the year potential. Please, Absolutely. go on. No, it's, it's not game of the year potential. It's platinum is not obtainable enough. That doesn't, <laughs> you're playing goddamn Cuphead right now and you're talking about an unattainable, unattainable platinum. No, I, I've been playing Cuphead, and it's, I, I mean, I'm not super far into it, but I can already tell that it's going to be pretty manageable in the long run. Th this one, on the other hand, like, like a game like Cuphead, it's incredibly challenging, but it's always fair the entire way through, and it's incredibly easy to get back into whatever boss battle you just got pummeled inside of and have another go at it. Something like Fall Guys, you have to do a lot of waiting around and have to have a lot of luck on your side if you want to get those five wins in a row. I mean, one trophy does not a bad game make. I know. So it's all I'm all I'm saying is is that it has to automatically come in number two for not being a perfect platinum. This is a democracy, not a not a. Not I I, a I love this game. I'm not I, I'm not trying to <laughs> come down too hard on it. I'm just saying no, that I know, I know. more respect has to be had for trophy lovers like myself. That's all. I think I think Fall Guys is fine you know i maintain everything i said last week about it it being frustrating as all hell um you know it game of the year potential is you know a bit of a stretch um but like for me for me this is just like a a, a good hang out with your friends game uh it's it's definitely not not something that I want to like, like that I'm itching to play as soon as I get home and really because you know, I, I got I got to see what happens I got to see what happens next that sort of thing it's it's like I ma I maintain the, the the part where like I wish I wish there was room for a little more actual skill and little less luck um, to be involved mostly with just the the controls and stuff like that and i'm sure i'm sure they could you know theoretically like in a in a future update maybe next season or something like that they uh they, they figure some of that stuff out but like yes everybody has to fight the same physics that's all well and good but like it i i could just be you could just be standing there uh, running from one end to the other and it feels like sometimes you you trip and fall down and like the timing window for jumps is like just that little bit off right and like i kind of, i i almost wish you had 
independent, like like a gang beast, so you had independent control of your hands where you could, like, if if you're, it, let, let's take the seesaw level, for example. If you're, if you're rolling off the seesaw level, you should be able to grab onto the thing and, like, one hand after the other climb up to the other side if you had to and save yourself. You know, that like, that little bit more control is what I'm looking for with Fall Guys, but it's not there yet. Well, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, Fall Guys controlling poorly. You know, one of my biggest grievances with Fall Guy thus far has been uh, all of the grab-the-tail games, like Royal Fumble, oh, yeah. which is the uh, potential last game you can encounter in a episode of Fall Guys where you have to grab the tail and hold on to it. Uh, they actually announced very recently that they're going to be reducing the chance of Royal Fumble appearing as the final uh, segment of an episode in Fall Guys as part of the new patch. Exactly. So they're trying to improve it based on the way that, like I, I said, game of the year potential. So can I can I talk now about why I feel like this has game of the year potential? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Five minutes really after Alex now, asked me to ahead. talk about it. Um, so for me, Fall Guys is a game that it, it is a zeitgeist game right now. It is that game that for whatever reason, everyone is gravitating towards. But we've had this happen before with games like Animal Crossing, PUBG, games that sort of for whatever reason, they become the game of the moment and become more than what could have been originally envisioned for the game. I think it being on PlayStation Plus gives it a player base that it absolutely needed in order to be successful, at least on console. And everything about this game is just, even if you're frustrated, you're having fun with the frustration or you're breaking your controller against a wall. But the game is designed in such a way that there, you, a game like this, you don't want there to be like if there were ways to climb out of points of failure or avoid some of the bottlenecks that show up in the game in a game like the door dash where you have to crash the doors in uh if you, there were ways to get around that then it wouldn't at least for me be as enjoyable because the jankiness or the design of these games lends itself to being a fun time even if you're not doing well where it is Alex in my ear is screaming, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, yeah. over and over again because he can't get through a door and then eventually does do it and gets through and qualifies or doesn't. And we all laugh at him and it's great. Or we get to the end and he wins a game of uh, the Fall Mountain the, where he climbed up yeah. the top, right? So it's, it, I'm, I've never really been uh, someone to play games with other people. And this year has been a bit of a change to that. And Fall Guys for me. Totally. For that kind of experience is absolutely up there for me in terms of my games of the year. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, shout out to Gamer Adam, Robbie Rob, Loki Mike, and a ton of other people for uh, jumping in and playing with me. And I know you guys as well. I'm actually currently on screen showing off a very unfortunate incident that happened while some of us were playing together. And the memories that we've uh, formed together through our playing of Fall Guys are, they're going to definitely remain lodged in my mind for quite some time. Yeah. I think this game has brought the kind of funny Toronto community together just a little bit closer. And that's, I love it for that. It's great. And like, yeah, like I, I, I'm extraordinarily vocal while playing this game, but I'm not, I'm, even like with me yelling, fuck you, you stupid wolf face fuck. I'm having a great wow. time regardless. Oh, he swears like a trucker when we're playing. <laughs> that's probably a direct quote. Like, you know, so I, I'm loving this game. I can't wait to see what ideas they come up with next for the next games because they said that they are going to be adding more 
more events and more games like in the coming in the coming weeks so i can't wait to see what is next and i i'm i'm loving this game like i definitely think that this is like one of the most fun experiences i've had this entire year i i'm i'm sure i frightened my girlfriend she was sitting <laughs> right beside me when i was trying to play this i was she she really appreciated the 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 cuteness of it the aesthetic and everything like that you know that and that part's absolutely fantastic uh, but yeah, what it does to people, you know, <laughs> can be frightening. Yeah, I've, yeah, there's been more than one occasion where my lovely fiance, who you might have caught last week, guest spot on our show, uh, has stuck her head out the bedroom uh, door and just been like, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. And then I try <laughs> and it doesn't go very well, but I try. So speaking of things that's horrifying what they do to people when they're exposed to it for too long, Disney. Yeah, Mitch, you were on a Disney podcast. Please I tell was. us very quickly about that. Yeah, quickly. Uh, you can check out Disney Plus Us wherever you get your podcasts. I was on their latest episode talking for almost two hours, which they said is their longest episode ever. Uh, about All about the Imagineering story. I love that series. It was a great documentary about the history of Disney parks around the world. And if you're interested in all at that, uh, I linked it out on Twitter. You can So find me, Mr. Mitch George, and... You can find it from there, but it was a, a ton of fun. I listened back to it today. It was great. Good time. Yeah, I'm very excited to listen to it because I want to I want to watch I because like what you've said about about this series on Disney Plus actually might get me to resubscribe to it Do at it. least to watch this because it, this sounds super intriguing and honestly the theme parks even though I've never been to one it's probably the most interesting part of Disney to me like the just because it is kind of shrouded in that mystery for me at least right now because I'm unfamiliar with it so this is probably the best way to do it and then I have this then two-hour discussion podcast so that's like on my checklist of things to do I'm so looking forward to hearing what you say but with that We'll have to wait and see what my thoughts are at a later date. But with that, we can talk about the news of the week. So, first item. Uh, this is coming from IGN. Uh, Joe Skirbles? I think that's how you say it. I'm so sorry if that is wrong, which it probably is. Control will only get a free next-gen upgrade with the new Ultimate Edition. So... So yeah, so today was it today or was it yesterday it that they today. announced the? Okay, so today yeah. August uh, August twelfth, uh, Remedy and Five Hundred Five Games uh, announced the new Control Ultimate Edition, which is basically just the Game of the Year edition. It comes with all the DLC uh, for Control. It is the deluxe but, edition that like, was available at launch. It is just the base game with all the DLC. Yeah, there's nothing special about it except for. 2K, because 505 is a subsidiary of 2K, they are making it so that you have to buy this brand new full price edition of Control to be able to get the upgrade for the PlayStation 5 and Series X, which is absolutely despicable, especially for a game as good as Control and that genuinely fucking needs the Series X or the PlayStation 5 upgrade because, oh my god, that game runs like garbage on the PlayStation 4 even on the pro it, it chugged for me a bit and the fact that it's like that means that they're holding back the ray tracing update because that was this was one of the first games to really like to like one of the first mainstream games to have like ray tracing in like baked into the game there's so many things about this that's just garbage and it continues to show that 2k just sucks they really do yeah it's it's 
it's one thing if 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 it were a new game coming out nobody had played it before um like they did with basketball like i'd be willing to kind of concede that idea um as much as it sucks and kind of goes against like the smart delivery promise or anything like that because this is a game that a lot of people already have played a lot of people love people who have it already who supported who believed in 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 this game before it was released or even after it was released and loved it are essentially getting screwed yeah that's the thing is this game wasn't super huge when it came out either so you're only punishing the people who actually bought your game and who actually enjoyed it like control got as popular as it did largely via word of mouth so those people that were championing Mm -hmm. this game from when it released in 2018 to now are the ones that 2k and 505 are just saying too bad buy it again uh small correction to what you said earlier though alex it is not going to be a full price release in the u.s it's gonna the msrp is 40 dollars, so here probably 50 at the same time i still think it it is more egregious than the move they've made with nba just because to aj's point nba is a new game you have the choice mm-hmm. when you're buying that new game. Do I get the one I can play on this box or do I pay a little more and get the one I can get on both? This is mm-hmm. an addition of a game that's coming out like a year later with all of con- all the contents already available. The only thing they're gating behind this ultimate edition is the next gen upgrade. And that is scummy business. And I hate it. My, my Now, I don't want to get super far into this, but so what does that mean for backwards compatibility? Like what? Will this game not run on my PS5 unless I have this version of it? Or is it the PS5 version? Like, what does that mean? You won't get the next-gen version unless you have this version of the game. But will it still be able to use the PlayStation 5 hardware to run the game better? Like, what does... We don't don't, don't know what that's going to be. probably to a degree... Yeah, it like, just won't be well optimized or whatever. Yeah, like I have a feel like with this game, it's probably not going to have ray tracing. No. That's probably going to be like the biggest thing. But... Like that, the, that that was kind of my biggest question of like, but what does that mean for backwards compatibility? Because the PlayStation Five has like they've said that the PlayStation Five will have backwards compatibility and, and the Xbox they did, Series X. Yeah, of course, um, that was a given. But like the, the PlayStation Five is still like unknown for them, like is still a little bit more unknown. But like when they did say that after a certain date, all games that are releasing on PlayStation Four will be backwards compatible on PlayStation 5. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Control fit in that. But I don't know. It, it, Either Control way, this, should have. I think it was anything after like September 2018. Yeah, Something that's what I'm thinking as well. Or, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Or Sorry, not 2018, 2019. So I don't yeah, know. so I, either way, this is super, super scummy. And I am really sad because Control is such a such a wonderful game that I want everyone to play, but I don't want to support them. So the other thing, this. I mean, the other thing they announced here was a Steam version of the Ultimate Edition of Control. And y'all saw last week's episode. You know I'm building a PC at some point very, very soon. There's a, a case and a motherboard sitting behind me at the moment. GPU and CPU should arrive tomorrow. Uh, I think if I was going to look at picking up an upgraded version of Control, it's going to be on PC, at least for me personally. That That's probably the way to go, especially with the graphics card you're getting. Yeah. But now, moving on, and it's unfortunate we do not have Nathan here because he would probably be, he's probably the one who would have the most to say about this, but I think everyone can still kind of uh, come in a little bit. Um, I'm going to probably not pronounce this name as well. 
this is coming from gamesindustry.biz. James Bachelor, uh, Yonish, Yonishiro? Yoshi, Yoshi, Yoshinori Ono. Yosh, okay. Yoshi, um, I, I don't want to, like... Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't want to, like, get too angry at you and all, because, you know, it is a name from another language, but it's like, we just, whenever we're confronted with a Japanese name, uh, this is something I'll that just, everybody here you. who's watching the Twitch uh, stream and everybody here who's in this uh, Discord call, everybody, I, I want us all to link hands. We all have to agree that when we read a Japanese name, we have to mm -hmm. take it slowly. We don't barge through it like a train that's barreling at 100 miles per hour that spider-man has to stop we have to look closely be like yo she no ri o no leaves capcom okay we're, thanks, we're all in agreement you got it yeah thanks yeah. dad I'm, I'm assuming that only alex actually agrees with me because i noticed that mitch and aj were not holding out their hands, I put my hands out? That. oh i was no i mitch, was definitely you yeah. didn't see me going like this Come okay on. I, either way um so the Street Fighter producer departs this summer after almost 30 years at Capcom. That's kind of insane. One of the the things that... Because Nathan was talking um, last week about uh, the new season for Street Fighter V being the final, street, final season for Street Fighter V made mm -hmm. me wonder, as I was editing the podcast, I kind of wish I asked him this question. Do we think that that means that there's going to be a Street Fighter VI if this is going to be their last season in five, that means that they're probably going to be gearing up towards a new Street Fighter game. Um, so there, but, there, well, okay. there were there were rumors around this announcement because this this last season kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, mm -hmm. There were rumors around this announcement that Street Fighter Six was heavily in production and mm -hmm. had to be reworked in some way, in some fashion, right. and okay. that uh, Ono had actually been demoted as producer yeah, on the series. Yeah, internally, I, I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was listening to the Giant Bombcast and they echoed the same thing. Um, you know, Japanese business culture is a little different where, you know, you can't, you don't just get fired, you, you, you know, and most people don't just, you know, leave a company, right? Unless they're like kind of forced out. But like, it, it, the, he, you know, if he stayed there uh, too long, he would be most likely based on historic, you know, historical goings on in other japanese companies would probably be demoted all the way to something like a janitor meanwhile he m pretty well made like look at look at what happened with uh, konami over the years um the horror stories that came out of uh, konami not just not like hideo kojima he got out but like other 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 uh not necessarily big public names but uh people high up in the in the food chain just sort of didn't get treated well when they stopped performing the same way. But um, one of the rumors that came out um, regarding uh, this one specifically was he he apparently tried to make uh, what like like a King of Fighters like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters like um, change to what would be the new Street Fighter um, whatever comes next where it would be a a 3v3 team game um mm -hmm. and nobody on the team was having it and you know yeah okay great you, you know you can say creative differences but you end up running into you know historical uh issues with uh japanese business culture and whatnot mm. so, so go ahead yeah 
yeah, to that point, like Yoshinori Ono helped uh, bring the fighting game scene and Street Fighter as a series back to prominence with Street Fighter Four. Uh, yep. about a decade ago yep. but since then there have been a lot of you know high profile misses within uh capcom's fighting game scene you know there was marvel versus capcom infinite which wasn't that great there's been fine. street fighter 5 which we did a whole you know video game rehab episode about there was street fighter cross tekken which had its issues and uh, unfortunately i'm not like super well versed on the situation to know like how much of those projects failures were his fault specifically but like yeah, I, I very much believe that this was Capcom management basically getting fed up with his, you know, performance within the studio and be like, all right, you're out. Mm-hmm. We, we need to kind of move on and forge a new path without you because yeah. you're not helping the situation. I mean, it's unfortunate because he has been the face of Street Fighter and fighting games in general like Capcom for the better part of three decades. Uh, I think it's the right time to make a change and I'm glad that they're recognizing this within their organization at the same time. I wish him all the best because we wouldn't have fighting yeah. games we do today without the, his influence at Capcom over the last 30 years. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because like Capcom, as of recently, has really been in like a golden age between like what they've done with Resident Evil, Monster Hunter World, Devil May Cry 5. And so for them to make a big change like that, I really wonder what the future of Street Fighter is going to look like now. My my biggest question is when are we gonna see him come back with a with a um a Kickstarter because like Ko- Kojima didn't have Kickstarter but like KG and Afune did it uh the person I don't remember his name from Castlevania did it like all the people who like yeah, used Sakaguchi. to helm yes all these people who used to helm like these major major franchises. Uh, when they left their respective companies, just went off and kind of did their own thing. How long do we think it's going to be before we see, before we see Ono do it with like I mean, a fighting I, game? I don't think it could be that long, but I feel like at this point, uh, that service has almost kind of become a bit of a toxic name. I mm-hmm. feel like if you're going to kickstart something today, like you better be 100% certain about its success, because otherwise, I feel like. The, the chances of us getting a mighty number nine from Mushinori Ono uh, versus like, I don't know, n- name. I, I, I can't even name off the top of my head like a really successful Kickstarter Amplitude. game. Amplitude. Hollow Knight is like, or not Hollow Knight. Um, Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, there was we like, go. The, was, the big, was the big success story from here. Yeah, I, I don't trust many creators nowadays to pull out a, a Shovel Knight on Kickstarter yeah, these I think, days. I, I, and I think some of that might come up later in our discussion around video game delays. But I think Alex, mm-hmm. hand it back yes. to you. Yes. So with that, uh, speaking of games that may or may not have been delayed who knows but games that have taken forever for us to have seen anything of <laughs> rocksteady has teased Finally. their new game we don't know what it is besides the fact that it is suicide squad yeah and it's apparently a video game it apparently is a video game more details to come at dc fandom just like everyone predicted yeah so rocksteady on uh august 7th tweeted target locked DC fandom, August 22nd, and it's a picture of Superman, the back of Superman, with the Suicide Squad logo, like a target on the back of Superman's head. Yeah, I, and the, well, the rumor here is that the game is going to be centered around, you know, the Suicide Squad having to hunt down or in some way um, 
you know, subdue the Justice League yeah. themselves, which is why we're seeing this imagery around Superman. It's going to be mm-hmm. really interesting to see. It almost sounds like from some of the rumors that it's going to be a similar style of game to Marvel's Avengers, which is very, very that interesting. Would be uh, Another that would one be, of these yeah. games as a service as a superhero game. But that, if anyone yeah. can make it work, it's Rocksteady. That that makes me a little sad just in the sense that, like, if that is true, Rocksteady's so much better than that. But you could have said the same I, thing about Crystal. Be, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I'm I'm open to it, but also I kind of hope that's not true. Though, DC fandom is going to be very, very heavily Suicide Squad because uh, The Suicide Squad, which is James Gunn's movie, is going to be there. Gonna and be so I'm good. so excited to see what – I'm so excited I'm, to see what that yeah. looks like. Should, should we live stream that? I'm down. Well, I'm down to at least live react to it's it. It's also 24 hours long, so that might not work out. But we'll figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you guys can do that. How about I, we I don't host it. Care about it? Either way, there's not very much information about this. We'll find out more in what two weeks? Uh, the 20. Just, just, just a, a week, a week and a half. We'll yeah. we'll find out more about this in a week and a half. So, stay tuned. I'm interested to see what Rocksteady does because they haven't made a bad game yet, at least in the DC universe. So with that, we can jump to, uh, it's a bit of a tease to our Xbox news, but the Xbox Series S seems to have been confirmed because their controllers have just been out in the wild. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so this, on Twitter, let me pull up the article because this is from GameSpot, Eddie Macu, I, ooh, reading comprehension is hard for me, guys. You're, you're doing Either words way, real good today. Yeah. Um, either way, um, there was Macooch. a... Macooch. Okay. Um, so, on Twitter, there has been some leaks of the white Xbox Series S controller. And the reason we know it's the Series S is because that's what it says on the side of the box. It is essentially the same thing as the Series X. It's just white. That's the only the only difference with it. But this basically has confirmed that Lockhart is going to be the Series S. Now, what that consists of, we're still not sure. But I would be surprised if we don't see what that is going to be this month. Yeah, no, like these things clearly came off, like came off the back of a truck, um, mm-hmm. and like they, they were they were somebody else like bought them off of like this other site that's similar to like a, a Kijiji or something like that for like thirty five dollars, which is like nothing. Somebody, maybe somebody didn't know what they had, or they just didn't want to push it. Like, it, it, it looks unassuming enough that, like, hell, even in a retail store, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody um, thought, oh, it's just for the Xbox. It's a new, con- it's a controller for the Xbox. Great. Yeah. Put them out. Who cares, right? And then, you know, when you scan it in at Walmart or something like that, and it doesn't, you know... Sell. go through well oh that's weird well just scan one of these ones it's fine it's the same thing you know there's so many scenarios that could have happened um but uh the interesting an inch one interesting thing about this controller is it's confirmed now to have a share button as well and uh a new i mean that, we, was, that was already we, we knew of, well yeah it was I, I feel like it was a little different before but um like they actually named it the share button okay i mean enough, this so. is just like why has microsoft not already shown this thing we know that as things start to get closer to release these things are going to happen things are going to be seen in the wild they're found in the wild like their their marketing for this just seems very odd 
And I don't know why we're so close to a presumptive November release date, at least for the Series X. Yet we know nothing about this second box. They're playing they're playing chicken with Sony in terms of price, and probably most likely part of their price announcement is going to you know, oh hey, we're gonna the Series X is gonna be this much, the Series S is gonna be this much, and you know, you can always for a hundred bucks get an Xbox One and Yeah. This whatever. This but. is bizarre, but this also I think this mostly, for me at least, because we don't know what the Series S is, that this just confirms that, like, at least they're in production right now, and so we're probably going to start seeing more leaks like this very soon. So just show us the damn box, Microsoft. Yeah, at this point, at this point, it's only a matter of time until we see it. But that's not the only big Halo, or, ooh, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's not the only big Xbox news that's happened, because yesterday... Out of nowhere. Uh, I wouldn't say nowhere. Out of, I mean, it kind of was out of nowhere. Halo, basically, uh, Halo and 343 just reached out to a bunch of journalists to, and made a blog post just saying that, yeah, guys, we need to delay this game until 2021. And all my troubles seem so far now away. Now causes you to get this claim by Apple. For now it looks <laughs> as though they're uh, here it's, it's to It's identical stay. to the original. Oh, oh I, I believe in yesterday. Cozy, who sings that? Finished. Uh, John Lennon. You should probably let him do that. <laughs> well, he's he's dead, so he can't. Um, His hologram can. <laughs> God damn it! Either way, let's get back to the important news. Is it Halo Infinite? Yes. It kind of really is. It kind of really is. It is to Microsoft it, and Xbox's fundamental plans that they're doing. It's Paul McCartney, by the way. It's not actually John. Okay, I, well, I he's knew, not dead. I, I needed to make sure that I... Oh, my I God. I okay, also, we're I talking knew, about Halo. I knew it was Paul McCartney. I was just letting you make the mistake. But just because it played better into the joke to, you know, say what I said, then correct you. But it's fine. I love explaining jokes. Halo? Motherfucker, you're wearing a Halo shirt today because of this. Combat um, delayed, motherfucker. So, hey, none of us none of us predicted that it was going to get delayed. So, we fuck weren't all we of weren't you. allowed um, to because of the rules of the game. If the rules of the game had said we could dele- we could predict games without release dates would be delayed, then I would have said so. But we didn't. So, there. <sighs> yeah, sure. Okay. Well, this is huge because this was the game for the Xbox Series X that they were touting. Um, one of the biggest things that uh, 343 came out and said was the main cause of this has been the COVID situation. I have a mm-hmm. lot of thoughts about this as the resident Halo nerd. I This is a really good thing that this happened. Good for who? Let me just... For, sure? for Halo. This is, this is a good thing for 343 and Halo Infinite. Yes. Correct. That is the part that I am focusing on right now. This is terrible for Microsoft. This is awful. Yes. They have nothing now, which is they really bad. They have the largest launch lineup in history because it's full of old games that you don't really need to play anymore. They're going to have to really, really try to coast on third-party games which, yes, they are probably going to look very great on a Series X, but why would you want to buy a Series X at that point when you get a PlayStation 5, get all those games, and get Miles Morales if there is nothing to pull you? And yes, yes, Halo Infinite would have been available on the Xbox One, but like Halo Infinite is going to be the shiny toy for the Series X, and it's not there anymore. This is a very good thing for Halo. 
clearly, clearly that game has been going through a super troubled development. The fact that it took, <laughs> it took till uh, what was before the year of its release for us to see anything about the game was very telling enough. Um, mm. I think that this is going to be a really good thing. Uh, it means that they can help, like, fix a lot of the graphical issues with the game. Uh, ray tracing hopefully will be at the game at launch. Like, I'm I'm really hopeful. The fact that that Microsoft let 343 do this means that they do understand the severity of this game, at least to the Halo franchise. I don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to the Series X as a console and a launch lineup. Like, it just kind of doesn't... I, I've i been pretty like, oh, I really like what Xbox is doing. I like what Microsoft is doing with their stuff. They're being super open about stuff. And, you know, they've got... they've. I mean, it felt like they had a plan and this is what they were doing. I don't know if I can say that anymore. I, no, don't, I really I mean, don't know if I can uh, say that okay. anymore. I, so, I think you can to be honest. I think Microsoft is still making the open, transparent moves that are best for gamers, best for their developers. I really hope this means that we're not going to hear stories about crunch at 343, three or four years down the road, of how even with this delay, they were still crunching 12, 14, 16 hour days, because that would suck. Mm. If you're going to take this time to make sure your developers are building a good game, make sure you treat them right first. So, um, Patrick Klepek over at uh, Vice uh, Vice Gaming, um, on Twitter, he, he, he tweeted something. I'm just going to read it verbatim here. Um, I've, been he- I've been hearing for much of this year that the transition to work from home amid COVID-19 was having an especially big impact on the final stretch of Halo Infinite's development. The delay makes a lot of sense, even though I wondered if they would actually make the decision. My running theory had been that they'd delay the campaign and launch free-to-play multiplayer at launch, though interesting yeah Mm. i'm i'm super glad that they are not doing that i really Mm -hmm. want halo infinite needs to be a full and completed package when it comes out there can't be any outstanding issues like they had with the master chief collection where it just didn't work they're like there this has to be a banger and them delaying it to 2021 is the best possible move for it this game and makes me more excited for the game uh, the game when it comes out because i now know that they are that they are dedicated to taking the time that they need for it and uh, moving past all the memes and jokes and ha-has and guffaws do you think that this delay is going to result in our favorite grunt being redesigned and giving a nice facelift you mean craig the brute Absolutely not. Craig, Craig the Brute. Pre- Craig is a mascot now. He's the official yeah. Xbox mascot as per Phil Spencer. Um, Put Craig in Fall Guys. Craig needs to stay the way that he is because he is perfect. But yes, I do think that this is going to fix a lot of the technical issues around it. I do think that there will be... I think there there will be some like actual... Like there will be a brute that still is Craig, and I was gonna say you're pretty knowledgeable when it comes to Halo, right, Alex? I I would like to think so. 
Isn't there a part in Halo 3 where, like, you can go into a hidden area and find, like, a bunch of weird monkey men hanging out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, they're, yeah, on the first. I was going to say, they should do that with Craig as well. They should have just, like, a bunch of him inside of a room, and they all look like those, like, Russian nesting dolls where they go from big to small. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping Craig will forever because this game is a games as it's or it's going to be a games the service and it's going to constantly be updated. I'm hoping Craig makes an appearance in every single update, but that's just me. I think three four three has embraced Craig. Okay, but like maybe 20 minutes after this news broke, Microsoft reiterated that the Series X is coming out in November. Yeah, Why? so we do have a we have a launch window month. Why a launch month? Why are they still launching this Why? console this year? I think Do you really my... think they could not put the Xbox Series X out I th- alongside PlayStation 5? I think I don't think they care at this point. The console means nothing to them. It's just another box to play the game on. They don't care I... about generations. So what matters if it comes out the same holiday window as the PS5? I think at this point there are too many wheels in motion that to be able to delay a console like this I think would require a lot of like I just don't think it would be possible at this point even though we don't have a price and we don't have a a release date but I just think that there's too many things like there's too many deals going on with like different um, different distributors and production of the things definitely had to be like happening and once you make the stuff you have to have a place that you can bring it and if you can't be selling your stock of it at stores you know for however much it's going to be selling i think that there's just too many things happening to be able to delay this if if you think back to the 360 ps3 era the 360 had a full year advantage which helped put it in the lead and then when almost the entire generation for the until the very end pretty well the entire generation until the uh, PS3 came out um, at, at a substantial price in comparison, uh, which only hurt that more, PlayStation learned the lesson for PS4 uh, and everything, but you you can... It, it would be a really stupid move um, to delay, delay the console bit with that knowledge that, hey, listen, we are... We, we're already behind. We cannot give them any more on, on their side if we have if we want any chance to compete. You know what else yeah. is stupid? Putting out a six hundred dollar box without any new original games to play on it. Yeah, I uh, I I don't know what they're gonna do. Only time will will tell. We'll hopefully see more updates from Microsoft soon. But this is this is a this is a big blow to them. Do, do you think that? Do you think this is like a first half twenty twenty one delay, or like we're not seeing this again until Ooh. next E three season, whatever you want to call I, it next year, and we see it in the yeah. fall? Yeah, I've been sort of having this debate with myself. A lot of people in the Halo community do believe that it probably will come out in the first few months of twenty twenty one. I'm a little bit more thinking that it's going to be in the last half. I think it's going to probably be November next year is what I'm saying. I could be wrong, um, but I just feel like why not give them the t- like why not give them because this feels like wait, when the last of us part two got delayed before it was delayed again when it was delayed due to polish, not because of covid. It was because they needed to polish the game, where I feel like Halo Infinite is not at the point where it needs polish. It needs substantial work. I mean, when we're, we're going to talk about delays in a bit, but do you think that this delay could also be a thing of, well, 
we go to we come to our fan base and say we tried as best we could but we just could not make this experience the game we wanted it to be on the xbox one so at this point it'll only be released on the series x do you think they could um, go that route i i don't i i don't know that's that's the that's my biggest thing with like this game is i feel like it is a fundamental mistake that they are developing it for this you know eight-year-old hardware or not is it eight years old? I don't know. You have to build Xbox to the lowest common denominator, yeah. which would be a launch Xbox One. Yeah, and I think that's a huge mistake, specifically because they are touting this game as the next however many years of Halo, that this is going to be the yeah. service of Halo, and we're going to see it sort of be like a Destiny 1 situation where it's like they released that game on Xbox 360 and PS3, but then by the time that the Taken King uh, expansion came out, they were like, these machines are just not powerful enough. We're going to have to discontinue we're going to have to discontinue support for them and i have a feeling that it's going to be the same thing but you are you are locking your you are locking your game off like down on this old hardware that you can't really make the innovations that are now possible because of the series x yep. so i just i don't know why they decided to do that like, I, I get it. It's because it'll sell more, more and they'll have more people playing the game. But also, it's like, Halo used to be a system seller. It used to be the thing that could carry a carry a, a franchise or a, a, a console line. launch, yeah. Yeah, like, like, well, not even a console launch because, like, only the first game did launch True. on, yeah. on, uh, on an, like, launch a day and date with the console. But, like... You know, Halo Three was huge and was one of those big booms for the 360. And then same that thing was with when Reach. sales really took off for the 360. It was the release yeah. of Halo Three. Yeah, and it was it was the fumble of the Master Chief Collection, and then the fumble of Halo Five that was like, yeah, that's that's your nail in the coffin for for the Xbox One. And it really seemed like they were kind of turning around with Infinite and the Series X. But I don't know. They're they're making weird decisions. Just everybody. I still have faith in the game itself, but I'm I'm getting a little I'm getting a, I'm I don't know I'm on I'm, I feel like I'm sitting on a fence here because it's like I'm both excited for the game but I'm also incredibly worried about it and that's just because I care about this franchise so much that I kind of overthink it. Is the fact that uh, at the moment Sony doesn't have that great of a PlayStation Five launch lineup by comparison, like that worth celebrating, or do you think the fact that you know, PlayStation is already in advance means that ultimately it's not an equal comparison to make. Yeah. Like, I mean, Miles Morales is, is big, but it does also, it is like a budget title. So they don't have like, we don't, we, huge... we also don't know what's going to be there for launch, right? We know like launch window yeah. or holiday, but we don't have anything that's like concrete. We don't know if Bethesda's games are launched. We don't know if the only thing we know is launch is Godfall at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we can assume that Miles Morales and Bug Snacks are going to be launch or launch games. Whoa, whoa. But like, I don't know. The PS5 doesn't have like this absolute banger lineup, but it still has like you're still you still are technically if if Spider-Man Miles Morales is a launch game, that is still Spider-Man being launched on your console that you can, you know, sell it as that where, you know, like I I thought Xbox was in a really really good good position of being like this is our franchise this is the thing that people buy xboxes for and it's coming on our console day one and now that that's gone there really there really is no reason 
to buy a Series X now. Like, at all. Like, even if, like, if you were a console player and you wanted to play Halo on the best possible version of it, you could get it on the Series X. That's not really an option anymore. So it's like, do you decide to wait? Or do you just, like... Honestly, I really wish that they delay that they just like that they delayed it till like March or April of next year. Do like what Nintendo did, come out no competition with the PlayStation 5 or not as much competition, not as direct competition because you're not releasing at the same time and really have a big splash of having like this is this is your game. I don't know what Microsoft's doing, but only only time will tell with them. And I think with that, we can move on because we're going to talk a little bit more about this later, specifically the delays. But for soon, now, not too yeah, very, very, very soon. But with that, we can head into the read slash watch all the things. First things first, this will be very quick. Uh, Screen Rant article um, by Alex Santa Maria. So PlayStation Store finally implements a highly requested feature. Mitch, do you want to sort of take this because you're a little bit more familiar with this? As the PlayStation Plus program exists today, if you redeem a game through PlayStation Plus, you no longer have the option to buy it. If your subscription lapses, you have no way to buy that game. They have now made it that you can buy a game that you have already redeemed via oh. PS Plus. Yeah, that's just a very a very nice Little quality feature. of life thing. Yeah. Glad that it only took them... Ten you know. years? Yeah. Jesus. You know. You know, uh, you know, it's slow at Sony headquarters. Um, We've already talked about Japanese business. So, you know, that's great that they're doing that. What is yeah, also really great. Convenient. Yeah. What's also great is Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire Episode 2. It was a very, it was 25 minutes. Uh, it's a great little in-depth dive of the music that uh, a band that is specifically going to be Johnny Silverhand's band which is Samurai, I believe, is the name of the band, um, like, is in-game. Uh, they went into the three different backstories that you can start as, and from what we can tell, those three different backstories really have different, like, the way that the game is going to open is going to be very different depending on if you decide to be a corpo, a nomad, or a street kid. Have, have you guys chosen what... Do you guys think you know where you're going to start? Have you figured it I'm, out? I'm either going to go Street Kid or, or Corpo. I haven't completely decided on those two. Nomad is kind of the least interesting to me. Can, can I admit, I, can yeah. I admit to something? Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. look at it. Uh, my CPU is coming with a free copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That comes out like a week after Cyberpunk. I'm yeah, probably not like going to jump into Cyberpunk right away. Because I'm going to have too much on Blasphemy. my plate. Blasphemy. I'm sorry. Alex, it was going to be well, the inverse and then free copy. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's fair. And also, it'll make for a better podcast because I will be playing the fuck out of Cyberpunk. Exactly, and I will exactly. not touch Assassin's Creed. So to be able to have people <laughs> talking about both will be good. So I forgive yeah. you. Uh, finally, <laughs> they do go in depth with the, the different weapons and the different manufacturers of weapons. There's some really cool ones. Like there's one that has like, there's one that's like guided bullets. So you can kind of shoot people around corners. It's really cool. The weapon system in that game looks really fun. If you are at all interested in cyberpunk, I would highly suggest taking, you know, 25 minutes out of your day and watch the night city wire. Cause it's it's a great little highly produced piece of content that just like gives more information about the this game and it's coming up like it doesn't reveal anything it's just more information so with that we can jump to the deals and aj you are the only one to have deals so please take it away all right uh the first deal that i uh found here um is 
is uh, the the article that I found it on is on uh, rock paper shotgun. Um, yes, I will accept all cookies. Jesus. Um, basically, Forza Horizon Three, um, which is the one that the Australia so, so one. What, two, wow, we're yeah, really prepared here, one. AJ. The what? Never mind. Okay. Um, no, it's uh, <sighs> it's going to be real cheap. Uh, for a while because apparently they're going to pull it uh, down from the store and stop supporting it. If you want it, you may as well buy it. It's it's in its end of life. Uh, Forza Horizon 4 is out there um, and it's also you know really good and that's gonna keep going for the time being but uh, if you if you wanted to try Forza Horizon 3 you will either need a disc copy uh, moving forward or you can buy it really cheap uh, right now. And then uh, the second deal that I found um, is starting uh, tomorrow, uh, the 13th. So, audio listeners, uh, you missed out, and I apologize. Um, a Total War Saga, Troy, will be free on Epic on the Epic Game Store for 24 hours, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern. That is Toronto time. Yeah, it'll be free 24 hours. I, I don't know too much about it. Yeah, I've yeah. never played a Total War game, but they've always seemed kind of interesting. So, you know, and the fact that it's free on Epic, that's just great. Epic is yeah. pretty cool sometimes. But with sometimes. that, I think we can jump into the topic of the show. We've delayed long enough. Video game delays, a roundtable discussion. So, because of the Halo Infinite news, I we kind of came to the conclusion that we should talk about video game delays. Why they happen, what we think of them and just some of the most notorious ones which when when you guys think of video game delays are there any specific games that come to mind for for you uh so for me the one that comes to mind this is kind of an unusual response is super smash bros brawl uh if you recall originally the plan was for brawl to release in the winter of 2007 not long after the release of Super Mario Galaxy and Metroid Prime 3 and a few other prominent Wii titles. And it basically got delayed to March of 20 of 2008 in North America. It still released in 2007 in Japan. And the specific reason why I wanted to bring up this delay is that um, the rest of 2008 ended up being like a super barren year for the Nintendo Wii. Some of the only prominent games uh, that we got that year outside of Brawl were No More Heroes and the Animal Crossing game that saw release on the Wii. And so, kind of accidentally, Super Smash Bros. Brawl became the biggest and best game on the Nintendo Wii of that year. And so, I, I just want to start that off to highlight how, you know, video game delays can be beneficial video game delays can sometimes be ineffectual but occasionally they can be serendipitous in ways that nobody could have predicted yeah i i think something to make note of here is i'm, I'm sure it's going to come up more than once as we have this discussion but the shigeru miyamoto quote of a bad game is for bad forever but a delayed game is eventually good I feel like that quote is like a game of telephone where every time someone says it, they like change a word around or close. they get some detail right. I no, 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 it's close enough. Somewhere. That quote is also now irrelevant because of the whole patching games after they've come out. Like, you know, No Man's Sky, I guess, is the biggest example of like a game oh, that was bad at launch. should have been is, delayed. Is, and Yeah, but now is like a really well, good it, game. So I the yeah. sentiment... 
the sentiment is still there, but just I wanted so to be a little the exact, snarky. So the exact Miyamoto quote, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. And I do still agree with that, even in the case of something like No Man's Sky, because even though it has been redeemed, how many of you went back to it after it was redeemed? I did, for sure. Especially I... with the VR update. Oh my god. But how long did you stick with it? Uh, I put in another good 30 hours. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. And I started a new game. Like, I, I'm getting the itch to do that again. Um, I also and, want to get you know, back to it. But the, the problem I run into with games like that is if your game comes out and it's not good, there's going to be other good games that come out when your game is redeemed. So why would I take a risk on something that is trying to be redeemed as opposed to something that's come out and is genuinely good now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think with No Man's Sky, like when it did sort of come out, like there was a really big community. Like when the No Man's Sky next update came out, it was like this huge. Um, there was like a lot of community talking about it, and it like it got people interested in that sense. And I think the the Miyamoto quote has kind of evolved now that it's like the delays don't really they happen. But now they happen, but you can still play the game that should have been delayed just by the the nature of patching and updates come. Because, like, No Man's Sky did have the skeleton to be good. It only took the eventuality of these these updates to come that could have been in the game, you know, that they could have potentially worked on, like, before the game came out and delayed it. But it just wasn't the case. So I think, like, just... And obviously, that quote came out before patching was really a thing as well so there's no way he could have predicted this is the way that the state of the gaming industry was gonna be going right but let me let me raise another point or another game for comparison of a game that should have been delayed had been patched and is still a broken ass dumpster fire and that's wwe 2k20 so that game should have been delayed it was not it came out it was busted they tried to fix it, they couldn't, and abandoned the franchise for a year to try and fix it. So there are instances where corporate decisions or greed or whatever you want to call it do force bad games out when they should have been delayed. Yeah, and and like, you know, notwithstanding, like, well, I'm sure Nathan's going to make us do a, a video game rehab on the WWE series as a whole uh, eventually. Um, oh, but man, like, I can't wait. Guys, I'm not. Maybe, I I am getting a. I'm not going to be there that week. Um, I was going to say we I might have to have down with something. on that episode. Yeah. Um. No. Like you know, that that series and every like series. Um. That style of wrestling game needs a completely different revamp. And like the WWE license is like expanding in different weird areas. Um. Like a lot of a lot of game a lot of mobile on the stuff. Phone. Mo- some mobile stuff they're doing some very weird and interesting things um but like it needs like a revamp like it needs to feel like a normal ass normal fighting game like a def jam or a uh dead or alive or something like that dead or alive has wrestling characters that should be what they do there but um uh personally for me in terms of like a delayed game uh the the <laughs> The, the you know you ha- you have Half Life Three which still isn't out but that I don't know if we can necessarily count yeah. that because it didn't end that up coming technically out. hasn't ever been officially that hasn't been officially yeah. announced so I don't know that's more yeah. like we we can't call that a delayed game. but yeah, you could count something fair. like Starcraft Ghost uh no that's you? not that out didn't either. come out no but it was announced 
and was never officially yeah. canceled by Blizzard. No, they they've basically gone on the record and said it's yeah. canceled. Have they? I, I think that was only recently though. There was a long time where they thought where people still held out hope. I still hold hope that we'll see something. There's been a big Nintendo leak. Let's have a big Blizzard leak. Let's get StarCraft Ghost out there. I mean, we're getting ahead, big Cozy. Blizzard leaks. It's about mad, bad, mad employees. But go ahead, Cozy. I did a video on the history of StarCraft Ghost in 2018. And in a 2014 interview with Polygon, the former CEO of Blizzard basically confirmed that the project was canceled and not coming to light. So and has to leak. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to go like super in detail, but basically, uh, at the same time that they were supposed to be ramping up work on that project, World of Warcraft came out, and that was such a phenomenon at the time of its release, and also such a like unknown object. Nobody had ever created an MMO on that scale or level of popularity that, before. That it was all hands on deck, and basically that sucked away all momentum from StarCraft Ghost. Blizzard still wanted to keep working on Ghost. They still believed in the project so they never said after that point that it was cancelled but it's one of those things where in retrospect it's like yeah we should have just said it was cancelled because we kept up people's hope when we really shouldn't have done so <laughs> no I know mm -hmm. I just think that's a fun anecdote There's there's been like a couple of games that kind of all that kind of like consists of like being like the games that are never going to come out because they're constantly delayed and we know about them but like and obviously a lot of them oh, there's actually a good number of these games that were the they're never going to come out have come out like there was there was Duke Nukem Forever and Aliens Colonial mm -hmm. Marines and uh, The Last Kingdom Guardian, Hearts 3 Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah Final Fantasy 7 mm -hmm. Remake like all of these uh -huh. games were kind of like the they're never going to happen they constantly the like they'll Guardian. get a release date yeah Last Guardian um, like all of these like they'd get a release date and then Persona 5 used to be one of those as well like there's there's countless numbers of them um, what's and, funny though is that mm -hmm. I just want to say quickly that oh, I feel like over the course of the last decade there aren't many more of those games remaining like yeah. I feel like all the big most mimetic examples of oh man this game's never going to come out have come out we've had Final Fantasy uh, 15 as we already said the last guardian even duke nukem forever come out within the past uh decade mm -hmm. and i feel like there aren't many more examples that still remain metroid prime 4 well but i mean to, uh, yes it's applicable to this conversation at the same time though metroid prime 4 hasn't been in development for that long beyond good and evil 2 yeah, Beyond Good and Evil 2, I would say, oh, is probably the one. biggest I think, one of those games. Yeah, I think that's Cyber, a better example. Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk did get announced in we, 2013. Yeah, so. we, we've been seeing this game for a long time. I feel like Cyberpunk is a little bit different, though, from Metroid Prime 4 and Beyond Good and Evil 2, though, where it feels like the entire time that that game has been in development, CD Projekt Red has communicated well the status of where that game is they've been they were very upfront of like hey this game is ways off when they first announced it whereas with something like beyond good and evil 2 the reason why there's so much skepticism surrounding that game is because the messaging be behind you know where that game is has been so fraught for such a long period of time the messaging mm -hmm. has become oh yeah we're working on that also we're making a movie for netflix so oh, yeah, their right. priorities seem a little mixed on that franchise yeah. in particular yeah, well, that's that's just Ubisoft at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have a, oh, a video game retrospective on Ubisoft at some point. Video game rehab yeah. on Splinter Cell and why Sam Fisher is in no more game, Or he's in every game except for Splinter Cell. <laughs> every goddamn mobile <laughs> pay-to-win friggin' Ubisoft cash yeah. grab. Yeah. But, but yeah, we're not talking so, about that today. 
Yeah, one of the, one of the biggest things that I want to kind of focus on because there's a there's a few games that I would constitute that especially like there's a few that have come out in the last couple of years that have gotten a release date very close to launch they get delayed because the team is just like we need to we need just those few extra months to polish this game because it's almost there this is one of the things that I've heard talked about with specifically the last of us uh the first one was it was supposed to come out in February, but then came out in May of 2013, or it came out in June of 2013. And they said that it was like, this game just needed that little bit of extra time, and that's why it was as polished and as great as it was when it came out. And it was just because they needed that little bit of extra time. And Sony, as a publisher, doesn't really announce their release dates for stuff. Unless they're very, con- at least as of recently, um, in the yeah. in the PlayStation Four generation, like we didn't in the documentary Raising Kratos, they talked about how they had they had a a February release date. Was it February? They had an earlier than April release date for God of War, but it was internal, and they didn't announce it until, and then they delayed it to to April, and that's when they announced the release date. If I recall correctly, the plan was they were going to release God of War 2018 on the 11th anniversary of God of War 2's release, and mm-hmm. they had to delay it by a few months because yeah. they were like, this just isn't going to work. Yeah. And- um, no, if, if you remember um, Duke Nukem Forever, uh, when Gearbox finally picked that up, right? They, they, like, you know, people kept asking and asking, and 3D Realms kept fumbling it and everything, and then eventually Gearbox picked it up. Um, and they, uh, they, they eventually settled on a release date, they released teaser trailers, and they started to show a lot more, uh, uh, of the game. Um, the, there was, like, a collector's edition of, uh, what was it, um, Borderlands that had access to the demo that you could play. Yep. And then the, you know, like... A month before launch, they needed to delay it for like two more, two more months to polish it, and you know the, they they were polishing a turd in the end, but you know it was a it, it was it sure was a polished turd, and I feel like Gearbox yeah. has done a lot of that in recent years between both Duke Nukem Forever and its delays, as well as what you mentioned earlier, Alex, with the Aliens Colonial Marines, where that was a dumpster fire they tried to release, and it also didn't come together. But there's been a number of instances where games have been delayed and it's only been for the betterment of that game. There are mm-hmm. games that people would consider some of their either their favorites or perennial like games of all time that have been significantly delayed. The one that pops to mind for me, first off, is Breath of the Wild. We saw that game mm-hmm. at, what, 2014? Near the reveal of the Wii U? Yeah, and it, it was, ended up it being was, one of the best yeah. games to launch with the Switch, which is crazy, but good game wasn't great so got delayed until it was great and now it it's a mm-hmm. phenomenal experience that people get to experience on a couple of systems so there are yeah. a lot of instances where a game delay can only make for a better game that comes to mind final fantasy 7 remake resident evil 4 which we haven't talked about much that got a, a few delays internally in capcom before mm. they started putting dates on it that then also got pushed Alan Wake, I know we like to talk about Remedy and the the great experiences that they've put out. That was notoriously delayed as well. And Mm. Kingdom Hearts 3, one of my favorite games, um, was delayed for a long, long time. Yeah. But I think that uh, 
Breath of the Wild and Resident Evil 4 are, I think, some of the best examples of what can happen uh, when your game gets delayed, where when those two games finally release, everyone is uniformly like, not only are these games great, but they're also very forward-thinking in terms of their approach to gameplay. They are, you know, utterly unlike, well, not utterly unlike, but they are a substantial step forward uh, from where other similar games in their genre currently are. And I feel like, you know, the fear that happens when you delay a game for a really long time is that if it's a game that's based that you know was originally conceived a decade prior it's gonna have those like old school mentalities with it when it finally releases that's one of the things that crippled an experience like duke nukem forever where there were aspects of that game that felt like a game that was released in 2011 and then there were other aspects that felt like it it was out of the late 90s or early 2000s There's there's some pedigree of developers that when they announce a delay for their game, you're like, perfect. You know what? That's great. Like, I'm disappointed, I guess, that I can't play it when I was expecting to. But take all the time that you need because you've proven yourself to be a great... Like, you've proven yourself that you will make that time worth it. Uh, I know... I. I know that you're not gonna you're gonna be like oh they don't make good games but Rockstar is very notorious for delaying their games like uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 was like announced for the spring of 2012 yeah. and then they then they delayed like it and then they delayed it again then they delayed it till the fall of 2013 same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2 like it was supposed to come out in the fall of 2017 and then it was delayed to the fall of 20 or to spring of 2018 and then was delayed to the fall of 2018 so like and Max Payne 3 as well, like Rockstar is very notorious for announcing their game and then delaying it at least like two times. So when you see the first trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 and it says uh, spring of whatever year, no, you're probably not getting it then. I, so. I, I kind of wonder like when, when we, when we're approaching a, a new generation, like as much as I do appreciate that new games are still coming out and we can continue playing them, you know, right up until the launch of a new console, like, at what point do, like, should developers just be like, hey, listen, you know, there's probably, you know, in in this window of release that we're thinking of, there's probably going to be a new console. Should we just prepare for that and release there? Or should I... we just... Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, fun anecdote about this. I can't remember the name of it. Someone can correct me or, or fact check it. But the spiritual successor to Suikoden uh, was recently announced for Kickstarter. And the way they promised their Kickstarter platforms of release was that if it reached a certain stretch goal, it would release on the PS5, Series X, and whatever Nintendo was working on. So, like, they don't even know what hardware they're targeting for development at this point, which is kind of crazy uh, and yeah. kind of makes me want to circle back to talking a little bit about Kickstarter and delays that have happened there. But, Alex, I'll, I'll let you make your point around what AJ had just asked before. I do yeah, something. I just wanted I just wanted to say that I think it's a little bit more complicated than that, because not every developer is swimming in money that they can afford to delay their game. A lot of de- a lot of developers and a lot of publishers are like we need to release this because we need to recoup the cost that it took to make this so that we can then go make the next thing. Otherwise, we're not going to be a studio anymore. Uh, one of the biggest examples is actually Monolith that developed uh, Shadow of Mordor. They were planning to close their doors. Like this is an antidote from Troy Baker. Like they were planning to close their doors after releasing Shadow of Mordor 
and that game then turned into a smash hit success that then allowed them to go and make a sequel to their game. So I just don't think that, like, I don't think a lot of developers can afford to delay their game to be able to get it to the point where it will be the most financially successful instead of just pretty financially successful. Then, then maybe on uh, like depending on the the situation and the the business relationship, maybe plat- some platform uh, developers like Xbox or PlayStation at that point should step in so that you know launch launch lineups aren't necessarily so sparse as you know they they have been in in past years. But I mean, going back to our show from a couple of weeks ago where we had Ben Wander on and him talking about their working with Epic on the release mm-hmm. of airborne kingdom and that they're essentially acting as first party and saying, here's your funding. We will be hands off, put the game out when it's done. And we're mm-hmm. seeing that more and more from platform holders from Microsoft with the decision around halo from Sony uh, with decisions around things like the last of us and uh, ghost of Tsushima both recently were delayed. It, it seems like it is more so when a developer is either independent or they're working to, a tight contract with like they're not acting as an entity within an organization that they feel a little more of that crunch especially in the indie space uh which can lead to a few games being rushed out when they're not necessarily ready and an interesting example of this is the kickstarter model of we know how much it's going to cost us to make this game to get it out on this date sometimes they hit that sometimes they don't and there's been a number i, I don't think i've ever backed a game on kickstarter that had not been delayed so the only ones that come mm. to memory for me are the uh, reboot of Amplitude and Mighty Number no. Nine are the only two I can remember having back on Kickstarter. And you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, do you think that comes from just them, like, because with the Kickstarter they have a set goal in mind, but then a lot of times, especially in like Mighty Number no. Nine case, it expanded way beyond how much they were asking for. So the scope of the game got bigger and bigger, and that's probably why they had to delay it. Yeah, I'm sure that's part of what, it. Yeah. What happened with Shenmue mm-hmm. Three? Did, did like what Shenmue Three got kickstarted? Did it yeah. like get delayed Shenmue, at all? Shenmue Three was a weird one because it was also being like the Kickstarter was more to gauge interest. And it was mm-hmm. also being financially backed by Sony. As far as I remember, yeah. that was, there was yeah. some weird weirdness around that Kickstarter specifically. Like they knew they were going to hit their goal, but were using Kickstarter sort of just as a marketing campaign, similar to the remaster of Platinum Games, The Wonderful 101 that we got recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do think, Alex, to your point of the scope of those games gets larger, the more they promise to deliver and those games have to be delayed. And I think having to work towards something that may not have been your original roadmap or original vision can lead to a lot of these challenges that we've seen from games like Bloodstained, Mighty Number no. 9, uh, Amplitude to an extent. Uh, and I know at least for Mighty Number no. 9, I was so excited for that. And it absolutely <laughs> fell flat to me when it released. I don't even think I played more than like two levels. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's unfortunate when games get lost in the... the, we, the I don't know. Kickstarter is just such a weird place to me. So we're getting a little bit close to the end. So I wanted to propose one final question before we wrap this up. Uh, in sure. the midst in the midst of a global pandemic, we're going to see a lot of game delays. Or mm. m- maybe not delays, but a lot of games that were on schedule are going to be delayed. And 
I just kind of wanted to sort of sort of see what like the feelings are of just like we might get a really dry spell for the next little bit because of the having to adjust from working from home and I I wanted to sort of gauge like how how are th- how do we think the industry is going to be able to adapt to their kind of their plans all being shifted very very significantly because of Something- COVID-19 I, I feel like this is like the one move Xbox has with their position with Game Pass and everything. Like mm-hmm. if if everything's gonna be sparse, like yeah, you know what? Um, there's nothing that essentially new to play, but there but you might find something new to you um, that you never got around to, and for you know twenty bucks here here have a month of this and you know go nuts for a hundred games and you know go to go to your local eb games and pick up something that you uh it's going to be backwards compatible as well but you know go back and play just play something you missed or whatever um it's going to be a big opportunity for that for sure I'm curious if coming out of the pandemic, the entire culture surrounding delays and the kind of like fraughtness and fear and anxiety that people have when delays are announced is going to be kind of dampened where basically the pandemic is going to kind of show people that like, hey, you know, delays are ultimately a necessary thing for games to improve and come out in their best possible form. Mm hmm. Yeah, like I feel like one of the one of the only silver linings of like this when it comes to the industry is we've gotten a lot more open communication about like hey this especially like when reading the the Halo news it was like they really were they were really bringing it home like yeah COVID nineteen hit us way harder than we kind of thought it was going to and we can't get this game up to the the where we want it to be so I'm hoping that like you said that the audiences kind of start to learn to understand what when when a game is delayed what does that actually mean for me personally i hope it leads to more realistic timelines when it comes to video game releases when these big companies are planning their release schedules i hope it means more runway for their developers to work on the games without having to crunch without having to suffer through emotional physical and psychological trauma to deliver these things that we all love so much just mm-hmm. be just be better we're, we're all capable of being better just understanding compassion you'll get the thing when you get the thing it might not be tomorrow but it'll be here eventually yeah uh, i can definitely agree with that so with that i think i think this was a pretty good discussion i think we got to talk a little bit just kind of about sort of all a lot of different aspects of video game delays and so great job everybody uh so i'm gonna wrap the show up uh you can follow us at press yyz if you want updates for the show when we go live and when we release episodes on any of the podcast services available uh mitch where can people find you specifically i am all over the internet at mr mitch george perfect uh aj where can people find you you can find me uh all over the internet at times hero capital t capital h and um before we go i just want to leave you with uh, one of my favorite quotes from uh, Halo 3, wake me when you need me. I love it. Cozy, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Cozy Bear Live. 
Perfect. And finally, I have been blatantly underscore Alex on Twitter, blatantly Alex on Instagram, and YouTube.com slash blatantly Alex. Thank you for playing. Take care, guys.